Soul Fam. Welcome back to another episode of The Spiritual Gaze. I'm one of your hosts, Brandon. And I'm your other host, Angel. And this is our twice-monthly podcast dedicated to exploring the wide reaches of spirituality without pretending like it all makes sense. No, because we only pretend that reality makes sense. What is reality? It's this right now, right here. This is our moment of reality. Sipping that reality. It's very strong, the reality today. Is it? Yeah, I could use a little oat milk in my reality. <laughs> a little froth? Yeah, a little, a little foam, perhaps. Some honey. A cookie to go with my reality. Oh, well, thankfully you baked cookies last night. Oh, I did. Mm-hmm. So you could have one right now if you wanted. I have been baking these vegan oatmeal chocolate chunk cookies. Yummy. I don't know if chocolate's vegan, but everything else in the cookie is <laughs> vegan. And I've really perfected the recipe. Yeah. But they're dangerous because the recipe is, you know, the ingredients are things you like always have in the house. So it's like I can make them at any time, which is dangerous. Yeah, but they're relatively good-ish. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, cookies so. aren't good for you, I guess, in general. But. Yeah, the ingredients are flour, oats, maple syrup, olive oil, baking soda, baking powder. I use a lot of that pumpkin pie spice that Trader Joe's sells. Mm-hmm. Oh, coconut sugar. Did I say coconut sugar? No. And then a lot of chocolate chunks. Mm, now she's a baking podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Spiritual baking with series. <laughs> Ceres is the asteroid that is like the great mother archetype. So she would be, she's like the goddess of grain. Oh, that would be your YouTube show? Spiritual baking with Ceres. Yeah, mm. totally. And you could have a drag persona named Ceres. I would just channel the asteroid. Oh, I like that. It would just be you. It would just be me. The drag of you. The, I mean, aren't we all in drag all the time? We are. My 2020 drag is sweatpants and a fleece, I've found out, <laughs> because it's what I'm wearing for Well, you're the working time. it, honey, down the runway of our hallway. Okay, that's sweet, even if you don't mean it. Let's introduce <laughs> ourselves. Who are you? Uh, I'm Angel Lopez. I'm a writer and a film producer and an astrologer and a teacher of all things metaphysical. Yes, she's an esoteric magician. Ooh, I like that. I just made it up. And who are you? I'm Brandon Alter. I'm a writer and a teacher of astrology and tarot and spiritual skills. I'm also a tarot reader and an astrologer and a queeler. Yes, queeler. A queer spiritual healer, although mm -hmm. I'm happy to work with people that are not queer, even though I think everybody's got a little queer in them. Yeah, you hear that, everybody listening? And queer, not necessarily meaning that you're attracted to people of the same sex, although I think pretty much everybody's got a little bit of that in them, too. <laughs> But queer just in like letting your own uniqueness out there into the world. This is a time to be strange. The unique strange flower that you are. I like it. Um, yeah, so that's me. And together we are... We're the Spiritual the Gaze. Spiritual <laughs> We've already done that. All right. Uh, and this episode, it would be a spirit talk, but this episode is coming out on our 10-year anniversary as a couple and our four-year wedding anniversary. Holy moly. And we didn't want to have a three-way episode on our anniversary. Check in with us in 20 years. <laughs> so it's just the two of us. We hope you're not sick of us. It's just us today. And we actually wanted to have less of a deep dive and more of just an open, honest, vulnerable conversation about personal growth. Yeah, it's a conversation. About the evolution of self-help. 
Oh. As you attempt to help yourself. Yeah, really just the topic of personal growth, how we re- approach it, and even just the pros and cons of looking at your life through the lens of your personal growth. How to tell if your personal growth is working. <laughs> right. Working for you or against you. Totally. So that's where we'll head later in the episode. But first, let's have a little check-in. How are you, babe? Happy anniversary. A couple wow. days early. Yes. Well, thank you. But it's the week of our anniversary. It's all week long. Happy anniversary week. It is. Happy anniversary week. Are we going to have festivities every day? That'd be fun. We should. All right. Well, I baked cookies last night. What are you going to do today? I'm going to throw a parade. Okay. Cute. In the hallway. Okay. I'm excited. <laughs> we'll put it on the Insta stories. Yeah. And then get Noche dressed up. <laughs> um... <laughs> How am I doing? You know, it's an up and down situation, but I, I definitely am feeling, um, thankfully feeling a bit more motivated. Got that motivation. Yeah, I feel like in the last, I don't know, few weeks, month, <laughs> <laughs> a month and some change, Yeah, I just haven't been feeling that motivated. Um, I've pushed myself toward tackling some things, getting some things done. But it did always feel like a bit of a slog. And in the last few days, and I will attribute it to the Mars moving direct, I did really feel a shift around that. Me too. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I just felt like this shift of, okay, like it's time to move forward. It's time to get some things done. It's time to get excited Mm. about some of the things that are coming up. Look forwards to the future a little. Yeah, to me, the Mars turning direct doesn't feel like somebody like turned on a light switch. It feels more like a dimmer switch and you're like, oh, the light's slowly starting to turn on. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. It's gradual, but I can feel it. Um, but I am really feeling it on an inner level as well. And I feel like feeling motivated to tackle some of the just elements of myself that I think have been restraining me and... I guess this is tied into our later conversation, but, uh, but yeah, ultimately I think like, I've just realized that I tend to, um, focus on the negative, focus on the fear of a situation, particularly like a change. And I don't always focus on the new that will be coming out of the change. Mm -hmm. And I felt like even just this Mars and Aries energy is very focused on like, new what's new what can you begin and bring excitement and enthusiasm to that and so yeah it's coming at a good time for me internally of really having to kind of shift my focus as well yeah it's interesting because aries is the first sign of the zodiac Mm -hmm. it's springtime it's initiation but your mars is in pisces yeah. So your Aries sun answers to your Pisces Mars, and Pisces is the last sign of the zodiac. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, like the darkest, the coldest of winter. So it is interesting that in your desire to create new beginnings, you tend to focus more on like what you're losing and focus more on the death as opposed to realizing that that's just the price of admission for all the good new stuff that's about to come through. Right. Yeah. And then I really have to just lean into faith around how the beginning is going to manifest. Yeah, that's a conversation I was having with a couple of my clients this week about what do you really have faith in? Mm -hmm. It's important for your faith to be specific. 
not a general, oh, I just like have faith in the universe. Right. Now, if you really believe in like the universe and that's how you speak about it, that's great. But I think everyone needs to have a relationship with the divine that's more like an imaginary friend mm-hmm. that feels really personal so that when you do need to lean into faith, there's a real tangible essence that you can connect to that you have faith in. Yeah. So that leads me to my question, which is what do you have faith in right now? Where do you put your faith? Well, I put my faith in my connection to spirit, which exists on a large energetic spectrum, you know, the sort of great energy that is all, but also in my connection to my divine spiritual partners, you know, I could sort of have how I like to call it, my spirit army. Yeah, your allies. Yeah, who work with me and really leaning into having pure faith in those relationships. And where does that faith come from in those relationships? Where does it come from? Like in my body? No, like why do you have faith in those relationships? Oh, well, those particular relationships are just ones that I've cultivated over time, whether it be with like an animal spirit uh, who has had a long-lasting relationship um, that's continued to show up time and again, an archangel energy uh, that, again, has kind of shown up again and again. So, yeah, I think it's just spirits I've known over the years. Yeah, what I'm hearing you say is that these are relationships that you've Mm -hmm. cultivated, and so you can put faith in them because there's some longevity there. Right. And I think for anyone listening... If there are essence energies that have been showing up for you, just to have a more intentional relationship with them can very quickly turn into something that you can have like a a hook to hang the hat of your faith on. Right. Yeah, yeah. But they're relationships. So they need tending, however that makes sense for you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, good. Good. Um, That's part of where I'm at. You get it, girl. You get those (laughs) new beginnings full of faith. I'm ready. I'm Uh, ready for you to be ready. Okay, good. How are you? I'm well. I am well. I too am feeling the Mars shift slow, a slow burn. Like we're preheating the oven. Mm -hmm. Um, But I know it's getting warmer in there. And then there'll be more cookies. And then there'll be more cookies. Fabulous. I mean, we're just going to be spending Thanksgiving, I believe, just the three of us, Angel Noche and myself. So I'll want to bake some sort of celebratory something. Honestly, I think my check-in is really just around a sense of fatigue. I'm just fatigued. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people can probably relate to this. Like, this has been a long year. It's been a hard year. And there's some optimism that is available to us. But I'm also just like... I'm tired. And sometimes I'm tired of fighting the good fight. And sometimes I like just want a break. Um, and that's not always available. So balance, as I teach, is fluid, like a river, not frozen, like an ice cube. It always moves and undulates like a wave. And I'm always seeking balance, the work-life balance, the work-rest balance, seeking to find when rest is sacred, And when rest is procrastination or an escape, 
Luckily, the weather's been gorgeous, and I've been able to get outside a little bit more and to up my physical exercise. I mean, moving my body always makes such a difference in how I feel, but I have to say it's definitely become more and more of a challenge just to be consistent around it. Even though I was so tired of teaching Pilates at the end of it, I have to say the regularity of going to the Pilates studio and just like having forced time to focus on my body and to exercise in that way was actually a gift that I kind of took for granted. And I do miss a little bit of that structure because I am struggling to give it to myself, but I'm finding my own ways and just gearing up for some of the personal changes that are awaiting Angel and I that we can't really go into at this moment on the show. But there's a lot of transformation for us happening and we're trying to approach it from a place of gratitude and feeling energized. So I guess I'm just kind of like filling up my cup right now so that I have plenty of water and honey and nectar sloshing around in there when the time comes to pour it out where it needs to be poured out. And it's hard, honestly, when we work weekends, you know, as we do sometimes, just to create the balance for that in the middle of the week and to remind myself like you worked on the weekend so it's okay to take a Tuesday Wednesday off because I'll say that to myself on like a Sunday when we've been working all day and then Tuesday will roll around and I'll be like oh right I said I was gonna take the day off but then I like feel like guilty or lazy or whatever and then I just end up like hitting a wall you know later on so it's really just noticing the agreements that I make with myself and then keeping those agreements and that's where I'm at. Yeah, I think that is really important to give yourself that space to refill, right? Replenish. Yeah, and sometimes it takes longer than like 24 hours. Like sometimes you need a more extended period of time. Mm -hmm. And not to sound like the bougiest queen of them all, but like by this point in the year, we would have taken like a vacation of some kind. I know, we would have gone to Monaco. We would have gone to <laughs> but no. But no, we're stuck here. Daddy's plane didn't come. Oh no, the yacht broke down <laughs> on the side of the channel. <laughs> How will we ever get to Monaco now? So mad. All my friends in Mallorca, they're like, Brandana, where are you? Oh, we miss you. <laughs> um, oh, she's having a split right in front of me, you guys. <laughs> Does anyone know what I should do? Is there a hotline? It's like I when call? somebody's sleepwalking, just like, don't, just like, let them do what they're going to do. Don't shake them out of whatever like a, pathology they're experiencing. Faye Dunaway Chinatown moment. I've never seen that, so I don't know oh, what that is. But mm-hmm. I know Faye Dunaway's gorgeous, so I'll take the compliments. <laughs> <laughs> and you would look like her if you put that brand on a wig on. Okay, great. Well, there you go. Uh, what the hell are we talking about? <laughs> Just, yeah, we haven't taken yeah, a vacation. Yeah. You know. I mean, I, we haven't even been out to the desert since like... When was that? May? June? I think it was like April. No. Yeah. Oh, I long for her. Yeah. Maybe we should just drive out for a day. Yeah, just let's like do it. Go on a little hike, breathe mm-hmm. that desert air. Yeah. In any event, so that's it. She's fatigued. Who isn't? <laughs> 2020, moving on. Yeah, who isn't? Raise your hand. You know, somebody's going to DM us and be like, I've never felt more energized. Well, here's the thing. There are, I think, some people who are out there thriving. We talked about it, I think, last time. I know. God has blessed you, thrivers. Yeah, and you should be for in real. it. Yeah. Be in that flow. Inspire the rest of us and... Let us know what's possible. Mm-hmm. That actually is a really good point, which is that, you know, circumstances do exist 
But how you interpret the circumstances is really the determining factor in what you create for your life. Yeah. And I think even for us, like what we've been able to create with the Gazer community and our classes in 2020 has been incredible with all of the struggles that this year has brought in. It's also been a crucible for transformation and allowed us to actually expand. So I think every opportunity is an opportunity for expansion. You just have to look at it that way. Right. And not like give up just because like things aren't going in quotation marks your way, you know? Yeah. And what is your way exactly? (laughs) Yeah, I know. Hey, right. It's like really never your way. Well, it's the goddess's way. Well, it's a, it's a co-creation. It's two strands of DNA, right? It's like what your soul wants from your life and what you want to make of what your soul wants from your life. Well, I think let's pause on this because oh, this shit. is a Are good we part of our, our conversation? conversation. But first, let's uh, hit up a little segment here and give the people a, a dose, dose of inspiration. inspiration. Oh, inspiration. That was very Chloe Sevigny of you. All right, everybody. So we're just going to give you all some of the things that have been inspiring us as of late. Food for the soul. Yes. That have been keeping us flowing. Chocolate chunk oatmeal cookies for the soul. Uh, I think I would speak for both of us by bringing up the new Kylie Minogue disco. That is correct. Uh, I certainly know it's been playing nonstop various forms in our household you mean just like in my head in your head yeah in your singing (laughs) uh in our headphones in the speakers we attended her virtual concert the other weekend and just which was so fun and we just kind of danced our ass off in the living room um, but it's fun. It's like a it's like a throwback to some disco sounds, which is kind of a thing that a few pop stars have been doing this year. Um, Jesse Ware did it really well. Dua Lipa did it mostly well. But Kylie does it in her own sort of really playful and pop way. It's just so pure. Yeah. So positive. Like if anybody else were to do it, it would almost be saturin. But with Kylie, it's just, it's just like, it's not too sweet. It's Mm -hmm. just sweet enough. Yeah. So we highly recommend. But I do feel like the song Magic and its hook, you know, the do you believe in magic has kind of become my new anthem. Oh, I love that. Yeah. It's going to be like the 2020 anthem I take with me for sure. I think that's Into the new year. I mean, there's been some great music this year. There has for sure. We'll give our um, our best when we do our best of the year show. <laughs> <laughs> We're preparing our lists now. The spiritual gaze favorite things. Yeah, exactly. You get a disco, and yes. you get a disco. Yes, I know. I need to get me some infinite disco merch. Oh my gosh, I know. So cute. Um, but yeah, so that's one thing that's been uh, inspiring me, and uh, another thing has been um, the. Brene Brown podcast, Unlocking Us. Oh. Yes. I know all of you only have time for our podcast, so I appreciate it. But um, (laughs) if you're going to add one other thing to your list after you're done listening to us, you are most likely familiar with Brene Brown. Um, She's written some amazing books, uh, Daring Greatly, 
Rising Strong. I'm literally like staring at them in my bookcase across from me. Um, But uh, this podcast is a mixture of conversations with really fascinating people, um, along with just her kind of talking about specific topics. And um, it's really beautiful. And she has more recently had some really great conversations. She had Elizabeth Lesser, who wrote um, the book Broken Open, that we were both fans of. Um, she just had an amazing conversation with uh, this queer artist uh, and writer, uh, Gabby Rivera, that I highly recommend. So yeah, if you want to just hear some other people talking about leading a very sort of soulful driven life, there's some great conversations there and some great wisdom to mine from it all. Beautiful. That's the first I've heard you mention it. So I'm excited to check it out. Get into it, girl. Oh, And what about you? Uh, Yeah, so obviously magic. I've been playing it nonstop. It's been phenomenal. Uh, I've been reading. I haven't stopped reading, but I'm no longer reading Stephen King. So that's a relief. (laughs) Just left me in the the remnants of the 1,400 pages of the stand. Neck deep. And a Stephen King masterpiece. Yeah, Two thirds of the way through. I am seven eighths of the way through a book, which I think is probably going to be in my top three of 2020. It's called The Power by Naomi Alderman. It is a book that imagines what would happen to a world where if all of the sudden women uh, developed the power to control electricity. Like they have their own ability to like generate electricity from within themselves. And so it completely disrupts the power dynamic between men and women. And women become infinitely more powerful and strong than men do. And so it looks at how our current cultural and societal and even like global political beliefs would shift and change. And it has been first just like a really good read, but also a really interesting inversion for me as a biological man to have a sense of just this unspoken gender war that's kind of always happening and how that's informed so much of how things are governed and ruled and even the fact that we only now in 2020 have our first female vice president elect only goes to kind of enforce that this idea that men are physically stronger has rippled out into all areas of our life. And this book, in like a really smart, really sharp, but also like very grounded way, kind of exposes that and helps us imagine it from the other side. So I think it's great for everybody. It's like a really quick, juicy read, The Power by Naomi Alderman. Um, I also read a book by Alejandro Jodorowsky, um, which was called Where the Bird Sings Best. And I actually don't know Jodorowsky that well, which is surprising because I know he is like a tarot scholar and like a Hebrew mystic weirdo. And so it seems like our Venn diagram would overlap a lot. And yet I'm just starting to kind of delve into him. But this book I really loved because it's his own kind of mythopoetic retelling of his ancestry. So he's telling the story of how both sides of his family came from Eastern Europe to Chile. And he does it through some truth and then some like obvious magical realism. But this idea of romanticizing and creating a legend out of your own 
lineage was really moving for me. And it's also a really fun read. It's kind of like, um, is it 100 Years of Solitude where you just like follow all the different generations and it, is that, am I remembering that correctly? I don't remember. Okay. Well, there's some (laughs) classic book that we all were supposed to read back in the day that was just like, you know, it's generation after generation after generation. And this book kind of does the same thing. Like you're following, you know, the great grandfather and the grandfather and the on either sides and then essentially following their diverging paths until they converge with the inception of Alejandro Jodorowsky. So that's like the end of the book is basically like he's conceived. So it was just really... Um, she just gave us the end of the book. Well, <laughs> <laughs> thanks for that inspiration. Okay, you knew it was going to happen. I mean, you wrote the damn book. Um, but yeah, as somebody who is really interested and actively attending to my ancestors and wanting to deepen my relationship with them, to have this beautiful creative artistic exercise in really exposing the stories of the ancestors and then giving yourself permission to apply your imagination to them was inspiring for me. And I was like, oh, this is something that I could um, even do. So I would encourage that read as well. Cool. Well, thank you for those uh, literary tips. Well, you know me as an Aquarius, I listen to the same like 12 songs for like three months until I get sick of them. And then I listen to another 12 songs. So I literally have only been listening to disco. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. So I have nothing else to share in the musical realm. And nobody else needs to be told anything else to watch on TV because Lord knows we're all, we're all stuffed to the gills with TV. And being told to watch this and watch that. Yeah. I'm just going to watch the trees in the wind. Ooh, beautiful. Yeah, coming soon on HBO. Trees in the wind. (laughs) No, I just mean literal trees in the wind. Starring Nicole Kidman. As the tree and the wind. (laughs) Exactly. All right. Shall we uh, have ourselves a little conversation? Yeah, let's have a conversation in the guise of a deep dive conversation. So as Brandon mentioned, it is essentially our 10-year anniversary. 10 years of being together, spiritual Michigas. I know. I uh, Esoteric tomfoolery. <laughs> was, uh, we were lives. cleaning... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. It's all right. I enjoy your playfulness. Do it on your own time. <laughs> we were cleaning out some stuff uh, in our spirit room, and I found this journal that had a journal entry from our first date. And he and, read it out loud. And Brandon was well. Brandon was like, "You're gonna read this to me, right?" Of course. And embarrassingly, I did. It was amazing. <laughs> it was very funny. And I'm going to read it to you right now. Oh, my no. God. Can you imagine? No. I don't know. We uh, have some boundaries, gazers. <laughs> we, very yeah. few, but we have some. But I found it just really cute to see uh, not just my first impressions of our uh, meeting, but also just obviously like my own voice at that time. I guess on some level being able to compare it to who I am now, but also 
kind of remembering the person who spoke in that voice, but it did feel almost like another person to me. And it really got me thinking about just the whole topic of personal growth and what it means for us all to be engaged in our personal growth. And let's face it, not everyone is engaged in what you would call personal growth. Oh, no. No. <laughs> no, no, no. No, they oh, are not. No, no. no. Um, but they are growing regardless of whether they are actively seeking it. And I think that's true. Yeah. I think life forces you to grow whether or not you're a willing participant. Mm-hmm. But I think it, on some level, may almost become even more challenging when you are approaching it from somewhat of like a spiritual perspective. Um, and I, or at least I wonder if it is. Um, and what makes me wonder that is that when you come at it from a place of, I'm looking to grow, I'm looking to evolve, you may find yourself putting some form of measurement on how well you're doing your accomplishments mm. in you know regards to your personal growth and that's really dangerous yeah it can be really dangerous i think it can even hint yeah it can be dangerous in, in that it can hinder some of your actual growth um so i just thought it'd be interesting for us to just kind of open up like a honest conversation around like our own relationship with personal growth um but also just yeah the idea of what it means to grow, what it means to evolve. I think we've spoken so much this year about the great transformation of 2020. Your personal evolution. Yeah. Change. And yeah, this need to grow, to change, to evolve. You're a butterfly coming out of a <laughs> cocoon. Right. But what if you've gotten to this point in the year... And you're like, what do I have to show for it? <laughs> yeah, you're like, so who did I become? So what's happening? Yeah, and there may have been aspects of your external life that have shifted greatly and have obviously like contributed to some sort of transformation, evolution in your life. Um, but I do think as spiritual people, as spiritual seekers, um, we're sensitive. So we tend to look within to try to understand, okay, well... What does this mean for me? If we have a hard time attaching meaning, yeah, it may potentially spiral us into even more sadness, more darkness. Yeah. Well, I'd like to backtrack and start by just like unpacking what you kind of opened up. Yeah. Which was this idea of trying to measure your personal growth in the same way that we try to measure productivity. Mm-hmm. And that it's really dangerous, I think to fall into what I call like the church of accomplishment yeah, and staying inside the church of accomplishment in terms of your personal growth, because personal growth does not always result in like cash and prizes and Oprah goddess love her patron saint of the spiritual gaze. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes we think that, Oh, if I'm doing my personal growth, then I'm going to be rich and famous too. Exactly. And that's not always the case. I think for me, and especially through the lens of like looking back 10 years and just thinking of like, who the fuck was I 10 mm -hmm. years ago? Tell us. Well, we'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> but what I want to just say is that to me, personal growth 
allows the revelation of your true self and a comfort in your true self and an ability to engage with life moment to moment in some ways on life's terms. Mm. So what I think personal growth is all about is about finding grace and ease and groundedness to be yourself in a world that may challenge who your true self is. And so without going into details at this moment, when I look back, I go, okay, I know the work that I'm doing is working Mm -hmm. because I feel a lot easier in myself. And I feel like I'm able to be more present in the world than I actually was 10 years ago. Because personal growth, in quotation marks, can also be, like any spiritual work, can also be how we like run away and put our head in the sand and escape from facing what's right in front of us. Yeah, we can run, yeah, sort of run away into isolation because we feel like we need to be alone in the Buddha on the mountaintop to really sort of evolve and become one or you think accelerated transformation is going to happen if you go to like Bali for a month instead of just like facing whatever is happening in your life around you. Right. And so I think personal growth, and it's a huge like subject or category. Yeah. Personal growth. But I think personal growth is really like, how are you growing your ability to be yourself in the world mm-hmm. with ease and confidence? And how are you able to like face the challenges and the hard times that show up in a place of gratitude because the hard times are what teach us. Well, yeah. And hard times are different for different people, right? Depending on your circumstances. For sure. I mean, what brings one person to their knees is can be very different than what brings another person to their knees. Right. But I think given the culture that we're in a lot of even just like of the teachings or the uh, ideas that come out of sort of the personal growth world mm-hmm. are very singular in their voice. You mm-hmm. know, they're, it's, it's almost like a basic wording that it can offer out to people. Sometimes it doesn't fully take into account all of the uh, intricacies of challenges that people have. Yeah. Like a whitewashing. Right, exactly. And there's just kind of like, I mean, it's slowly changing now, but sort of like a homogenized group of people who are kind of offering up these sorts of teachings. Yeah. So depending on where you're getting your words of motivation or inspiration, you may then be judging yourself unfairly against people whose challenges are perhaps somewhat less than yours. And that's, I think, where we go back to sort of the accomplishment element of it, right? That we do tend to connect our own personal evolution to attaining some sort of goal. Mm -hmm. That if I evolve myself into the, you know, best version of me, then I'll have the career I've always wanted and this and um, the relationship I've always wanted. And so it's a tricky... Yeah, well, I think that also stems from this idea of like, well, if I'm good, I'll be rewarded, mm-hmm. right? If mm-hmm. I'm good, God will give me good things. Where I think personal growth at its essence is like just wanting to be a better person for the sheer sake of wanting to be a better person. Yeah, and I think it that comes hand in hand with by being a better person, 
or you're being a better person when you're in tune with doing the things you love. Sure. Well, it engenders connection Mm -hmm. and purpose. And I think probably joy. Right. Exactly. But that doesn't always then equate a million dollars. But I think personal growth also shows us sometimes that what we think will make us happy when we're a little less evolved is actually not what makes us happy when we're more evolved. I mean, I'm just talking about like my own, just take the last 10 years, you know, like what I was doing at 25 and what I was chasing, what I thought was going to fix all my problems and where I sit here today, those things look very different. Yeah. Well, and I was going to say that actually, like, I think one of the most important keys to personal growth is the willingness to shift course. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I feel that way about dreams. I feel like dreams are stepping stones and you're not necessarily supposed to achieve all of your dreams. You're just supposed to attempt to achieve your dreams. And in the attempt, you might learn some things. You might course correct. You might develop new skills and new passions. And then the courage to follow those where they lead you. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's personal growth too. Personal growth also, I think, is just like your life is your work. Meaning like how you live your life the legacy of your life, that's what we're here to do. Yeah. And that's what people remember. I mean, yeah, like they might remember like that amazing album that you dropped or the art that you did. But really, isn't that like what like people remember how you made them feel? Completely. I think that's so true. Yeah. Honestly, it's like so cliche, but it's so true. Yeah. And how you looked. Well, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no not even. I mean, unless you're Cher. <laughs> then they're always going to remember how you look. Right. <laughs> so to all of that... Give us a sense of your own personal growth. Oh, girl. I mean, at 25, I hadn't met you in the first half of 25, and then I met you. But I was experiencing what I thought was liberation. Mm-hmm. I was single. I was footloose and fancy free. I was like going to the clubs and smoking a lot of pot and just like playing my music loud. And I like thought I was free, you know? Mm -hmm. And really I was not free at all. I was like so enslaved to so many different things. Mm -hmm. Um, There was a spiritual consciousness in me at that time, but I think I was so consumed with the ambition of Los Angeles, which is like looking good and being somebody that I didn't even know who I was because I was so consumed with constructing an outer facsimile that would be acceptable and and loved and lauded. Mm -hmm. And so 10 years ago, I was definitely not so much interested in personal growth as I was interested in personality growth, right? Oh, yeah. Like, who is the most attractive version of myself that can be presented and then rewarded? And the thing that you learn about that is that if you're not being your authentic self, then even if people are giving you lots of compliments for the mask that you wear, it doesn't actually feel good. Like, yeah. you don't actually get fed by it. No, because then you have the exhausting process of taking the mask off when you get home. Or you just like live in the mask all the time. Oh, she was sleeping with it on. Yeah, honey. Her skin was terrible. <laughs> um, no, you live in the mask and you wonder like why you're still feeling hollow and empty. Mm-hmm. I, honestly, like I was just a validation monster. 
at 25 years old, I was a validation monster, like cookie monster with cookies. Like I just was after whatever validation I could get. And it was never enough. It never actually fed me. And I think that my journey of personal growth over the last 10 years is how to self-validate and spirit validate. Hmm. I love that. And even after like a long day of readings, I check myself and it's not truly about how the clients feel about the reading. I check in with spirit and I go like, how did I do today? Where could I do better? Where did I excel? You know, like, Mm -hmm. and that to me is honestly a lot more nourishing and it's something I can take with me. Right. I also think that I fell into the trap of like a lot of gurus. Like I stumbled upon a lot of different people, teachers of many different kinds, acting teachers, spiritual teachers, that I thought could like give me that thing that could like fix me or make it happen for me. And you were seduced. I mean, not (laughs) fully into the cult, but enough, you know, Mm -hmm. I think 10 years down the road, personal growth is, is understanding that like life is your greatest teacher. You are your greatest teacher and that no one can do for you what you are not willing to do for yourself. Right. Which is really tempting, right? It's so tempting to be like, well, if I just like read this book and do this 10 step program, or if I just like go away and do this thing, like then I'll be fixed, you know? But that actually, to me, personal growth is all about like taking responsibility for like what you can offer yourself. Well, and I think that's probably, I think your experiences with a lot of those gurus and programs have been helpful for you in the last two years of this process and being, you know, one of the leaders of this community that we've found ourselves creating with the spiritual gaze, um, because we have always approached this from a place of, we are not above anyone, we are of you, and we're just trying to, like, hold space with everyone. Um, Yeah, yeah, I feel like we've never tried to, you know, sell anyone, like, a path toward greatness. (laughs) (laughs) And if you feel that way, wow. Um, we yeah. fucked up. Because yeah. <laughs> who no, can say? Yeah. Like, who, like, I only know what's true for me, and I share it, and I hope that something resonates there. But I also want to know what's true for you, because there are probably things that I've never thought of or experienced. Because mm-hmm. there's so much connective tissue between all of us, but there's also our own roads. And I think it is really easy to surrender your spiritual authority to somebody who's more glamorous, more powerful, has better hair than you. Um, when truly your own inner teacher is the way. Yeah. And personal growth first, I think, is about like the awareness of that and then the stripping away of all the stuff that you put on to kind of mute, numb, and hide the inner teacher and then the courage to start to practice what the inner teacher has to offer you even though it might fly in the face of everything you've spent your whole life constructing. Right. (laughs) So do you feel um, like the 25-year-old you would have ever envisioned the you of 10 years later, which is the you of now. He'd be, I think he'd be horrified. Oh, really? what do you mean? I think he'd be like, really? That's what happens? <laughs> <laughs> I really do. Right. He was like, I thought we were going to the Cannes Film Festival. I thought we were going to be in Monaco. <laughs> right. But what he doesn't know is what it feels like to be here. Right. He doesn't know that like what he really needed was to like wake up to his heart and to the earth and to connection. And then it's actually more about like intimacy and being seen and being honest than it is about 
trying to achieve from a place, honestly, of, of shame, of deep shame. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think so much of what was running that 25-year-old, even though it didn't appear that way, you know, that 25-year-old was very outwardly appearing confident, but it was really, it was all, it was all about shame, compensation for shame, mm -hmm. which is my next single, Compensation for Shame. Hmm. Curious. It's like a ballad. <laughs> it's like a Demi Lovato song. What about you? What about you 10 years ago? 10 years ago. Uh, well, before I get into that, I do want to say, as someone who's been witness to 25-year-old you to 35-year-old you, I don't think you've ever been happier. So true. So true, darling. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't ever been happier. No. I know. It's amazing. <laughs> Could you imagine if I'd been like, you've never been more miserable. <laughs> The shameful you was so much more fun. Uh, bring him back. <laughs> Go drink a shame smoothie. This was all just a ruse to get you to... Put on that leather jacket and start smoking cigarettes <laughs> right, again. Exactly. A uh, 33-year-old me. He was definitely waking up to a lot of his issues in that time. Mm -hmm. I had been really obsessed with being in a relationship actually mm. um it was like this like thing <laughs> this like entity that i was trying to capture mm -hmm. the relationship it was like the holy grail for you yeah the and, relationship for you was like fame for me like the right. thing you thought would fix it all totally and at the beginning of that year i really started to recognize that and see that and do a bunch of work to dismiss that and um, shift out of that mentality. So I actually um, really started like fully dating myself in a really real way. Yeah, I was definitely in a space of reconnecting to just who I am and or who I was then. I was tapping back into my astrologer self mm -hmm. in a way. But I think I was still um, trying to fit into some sort of financially successful mold mm. mm -hmm. that wasn't really for me. I was working like on what essentially was an, a corporate office job um, behind the scenes of creativity. She was a suit. I was a suit who didn't wear a suit. Never wore a suit. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, that was really, I think, the path I felt I needed to be going down because I was eager for, ultimately, safety and security. Mm -hmm. That was what I was looking for. And do you think it's because there was no safety and security within yourself? Yeah. Well, I think it was, it stemmed from not ever really feeling safe and secure as a child. So always wanting that. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know how to give that to myself. And so then I yeah, moved into being an adult person who never felt safe and secure. So was always looking for ways to do that, which was probably then, yeah, what was driving me toward trying to find a relationship so that I could find another person who could give me that safety and that security. And so, yeah, 33-year-old me was in that space of, oh, I have to give that to myself. Um, I had just moved into an apartment for the first time that was all mine, 
which was something I'd never done before. I'd the always one on lived, Griffith Park? Yeah, I'd always lived with other people. And so that was like the very first time I was like living on my own and really giving myself my own safety and security. So... Oh my God, I'm having such a like wave of nostalgia <laughs> for, that, for that apartment. I know, right? My God, it's... That tiny little spot. It was such a little oasis though. It was a, yeah. it was a good little apartment. Yeah, that was... Remember when we had Noche there for the first time. I know. And... He came, I'll never forget, like sitting, we were sitting in the living room Mm -hmm. eating dinner. I was sitting on the floor and we had brought Noche home for the weekend to see if like, is he going to want to live with us? Are we going to want to live with him? And he had spent most of it under the bed Mm -hmm. uh, in the bedroom and we were watching TV and just like laughing. And then he like slowly like crept out from the hallway, just like staring at us. And I was like, come on, come over here. And he already was like cool with you. He did not want to be near me. And he like slowly crept his way over to me, I remember, and like sat down next to me and like let me pet him. And I was like, oh, wow, this is our dog. Like it was so rapid. (laughs) This is like how we ended up here. (laughs) All that to say, I think my greatest journey of personal growth this year or in the last 10 years has been about continuing to strengthen that own inner security and safety while, like you, not looking for the external validation that I'm doing well, having to release that. Well, it's funny that you bring up Noche, too, because I think Noche has been a catalyst for a lot of personal growth for both of us. Mm -hmm. I mean, I remember when I was talking to my mom about bringing Noche home and she was like, you're not ready for a dog. She was like, that's a terrible that's a terrible decision. Oh, wow. And, and then she, she was sang, not wrong. I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. <laughs> Sorry. We're watching this terrible show <laughs> on, Let's what is it, go TLC, <laughs> called like, I Love a Mama's Boy. Yeah. Which we is stumbled about, upon it. Which is about these like mothers who have these like really codependent <laughs> relationships with their sons. And there's this one mother who is truly in romantic love with her son and and she sings this song and he's like playing the guitar and she goes i love you 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 that song has basically become a character it's also really catchy like i said they should put it on spotify i would listen to it and yeah, <laughs> sorry I interrupted with that, but I just found. But taking care of another living being, mm-hmm. Noche Alter Lopez, has definitely been a catalyst for my personal growth. And at 25, yeah, my mom was not wrong. I was not ready for a dog, but I got ready real fast. Yeah. And I think that's also like when life is your teacher, because as I've said on the show, I was not looking for a relationship when I met you. I was not like actively open or probably even ready, but there was just enough spiritual openness in me that felt what there was between us that wasn't going to turn away from that. And our relationship has been such a catalyst for personal growth. Yeah. So I think personal growth is really connected to willingness to change and evolve. Yeah. And there may not always be signposts to celebrate your achievements. I saw a meme the other day, which I thought was really funny. Hmm. It was like what a spiritual initiation looks like. And it was a guy sitting at like a birthday party with a birthday hat on and he was all by himself. Mm -hmm. It's like a party that you're, that only you were at, but you know, and you can feel it. Yeah. Just in the way you can engage with yourself and engage with life because 
The opposite of personal growth would be staying the same. Right. Stasis. I think technically the opposite of personal growth would be collective regression. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) So who wants that? No. Don't want to be a part of that. But yeah, I think it's interesting even just to see relationships as, if anything, is going to be a marker of your growth to see the relationships that you've kept. I do believe that people in our lives can be reflections. So yeah, if you think about the people who were in your sort of tight circle of 10 years ago versus who you see as that now, yeah, um, it does just on some level kind of help you get to a see sense. see where you've been growing. Yeah, yeah or not, yeah. you know? And like you said, like I... It's funny, like I had the relationship as this golden egg I was searching for. But yeah, I had just gotten to a point where I was like, I love this. I'm free. I'm I'm chill. I'm good. I'm me. I love me. And then the, <laughs> the relationship popped up and I was like, oh, okay. And I think on some level, like getting into a real relationship was on some level a wake up call for me of like, oh, like, am I ready for this? You know, it's like you're never ready for like you weren't ready for the dog. I wasn't, you know, you're never ready for, anything. I wasn't necessarily ready for a relationship, but you find a way, right? Yeah. Um, you get ready in the doing of it. Exactly. So how to tell if your personal growth is actually growing you. Hmm. We've mentioned some things, right? Like how connected do you feel to yourself, to your life, to joy, to purpose? I think personal growth doesn't always feel good. Sometimes it feels awful. So I think your willingness to be honest about your emotional capacity is an indicator of personal growth. I was walking around numb AF. Now I feel a lot more and it's not always good, but that's actually an indicator of personal growth. Yeah. Because I'm actually in connection with my heart. You were talking about friends. Mm -hmm. Looking at the people that surround you is an indicator of personal growth. I think that's a great thing to look at. Yeah. What else? What else can people use to affirm the work that they're doing and to make sure that they're working in the right direction. Well, I think it's always important to extend a level of forgiveness to yourself. I think the more compassion and forgiveness that you can give yourself, even on a daily basis, that shows on some level that you are accepting yourself. Mm -hmm. And to me, like acceptance is such a, a key point of true personal growth, right? Yeah, that's beautiful. And what I hear in that is unconditional love. And I think one of the byproducts of personal growth, or maybe even the goal of any sort of work that we do is to be able to have that unconditional love for ourselves and then to be able to offer it out and have unconditional love for the world Mm -hmm. so that we can approach situations and challenges, not from a place like, oh, fuck, this is really getting in my way, as opposed to like, okay, how can I love this situation and be present for it? Yeah. I mean, that is such a huge difference from 25-year-old me who is like so inconvenienced all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he was not a patient one. No, he was not. And sometimes still isn't. Okay. All right. (laughs) I'm still growing. I'm still in personal growth. You are. I'm only 35, you know? Check in with me in 10 years. A babe. I'm thinking just for myself, what else I've really learned for myself or how I've seen my evolution. 
I guess if anything, it's been my willingness to just show up more and more as my self. Mm-hmm. Whether that comes with a wise or witty comment or with words that are jumbled and make no sense, I still allow myself to show up and have gotten much better at not judging myself. Mm. But anyhow, um, personal growth, share with us your personal growth stories. Where were you and where are you now? And where could you see yourself going? Although I think the thing about personal growth is it's really surprising, you know? Like, you don't know where it's going to lead you. Yeah. Always, too. Like, really love yourself for showing up for your personal growth. I mean, if you're just listening to this, if you've gotten this far in our show and you're at this point, like, you're on a path of truly trying to connect with yourself on the deepest level. And regardless of whether that looks like a... Gorgeous walk down a fashion week runway or a walk down a dark alley. We salute you. Yeah. It reminds me of my ex-boyfriend, actually, who found me. Oh, wow. This is going there. You're going to talk about him. I'm just kidding. (laughs) I was like reading this book called The Breath of God, which is written by Swami Chetanandananda, which is a great book. And he was like, what are you reading? And I was like, oh, this book about like Buddhist philosophy. And he's like, why? And I was like, because I want to be a better person. And he was like, why? (laughs) (laughs) And I remember in the moment being like, oh, this is really, this is a real disconnect here. Like, how do you explain to somebody why you want to be a better person, you know? So... For those of you that are on the path with us, we salute you and we are all walking arm in arm. Yeah, he just didn't want you to be better so that you could recognize terrible more easily. Well, who can say? She taught me so much. Goddess bless her. May I never see her anywhere in the world. (laughs) Uh, Anyhow, just a little convo we want to have. These are the things we talk about and... uh, if you were sitting here with us, we'd be talking to him, talking to you about them as well. So now let's uh, give you all what you really came for. It's the tarot card of the week. One of our tarot students has this like really fancy method of shuffling like above his head. Oh my God, I'm doing it right now. Wow. He told me I could do it if I just kept my fingers steady and believed in myself. So, Kazimir, thank you. All right, so just take a moment to tune in. Take three deep breaths, eyes closed. Feel your belly, feel your heart, feel the earth underneath you. And let's all just open up to receive exactly the message that we need at this moment, knowing that no matter the future place or time to which we listen to this episode, this is what we need to know right now. Okay, so let's see you. Who are you? Oh, the Ace of Cups reversed. Ooh, interesting. So the Aces are new beginnings, and they are the closest to Source in a lot of ways. We sometimes think of aces as like the first, as the start, but they're also sometimes the completion, like returning to the source. And cups, of course, being the water of our lives, our hearts. 
our relationships, our emotion and intuition. And so this card to me always kind of represents like finding a new flow or finding a new door into your heart. But in the reversal, it might just be like learning how to love something anew. Like it's the same thing, like the same screenplay or the same practice, but you're learning a new way of loving it. Renewing your love for something is what the Ace of Cups feels like for me. So new beginnings can sometimes be physical and it's like you're moving or a new job or a spicy haircut, but sometimes the new beginning is what you feel inside. And that's really what finding a new flow is all about, is it's internal. So notice where you might be resisting, renewing your love for something in your life. And also notice what new doors into your heart might be opening for you in relationship to people, places, things, but also your own creativity and your own connection to spirit. It's interesting when I just meditate on personal growth, I think the Ace of Cups is a card that kind of speaks to that especially in the reversal, which is that it's always continuing. Like there's no end. Enlightenment is not a place you get. It's a state that exists in everything. So give yourself the opportunity to look at the world around you and notice where could I be applying a little bit more love here? And how can I love this in a new way? Love this person, love this project, love this time of my life in a new way. Beautiful. If you love the Spiritual Gaze podcast, do us a fave, babe. Leave us a review. Rate us five stars. Don't make us beg. These sorts of things can really help us, um, can help the community and the platform of the Spiritual Gaze. So we know you're out there listening. Take a moment and just click those five stars. Leave us a one-sentence, three-word review. Just let us know how the podcast resonates for you, but also let other people know how it resonates for you so that they can find us as well. Yeah. Show us that love. And for those who have already done so, thank you. We really appreciate it. Mm -hmm. And maybe even next episode, we'll read a few on the air. We keep threatening to do it. Yeah. But this time we really maybe will. Maybe we're going to follow through. We're going to actually do it, guys. We'll just make it a segment. Oh, yeah. That's going to be our next segment. We'll just next read a bunch episode. of reviews and we'll do it in accents. Oh. And funny voices. Okay, sure. It's going to be fun. In fact, you know what we'll do? Sweet what? baby gazers. Let's do a giveaway. It's the holiday season. Oh, shit. Okay, so anybody that leaves a review, and let's include the people that did leave a review in the last like three months. So yeah. let's see, we're like in November. So we'll go back October. We'll go back to, okay. So anyone that has left a review from August until. I don't know, let's say December 5th. Okay. We'll put you in a hat and we'll pull out two names for free mini readings. One with me, one with Angel. Love it. So you can get a mini tarot reading with me or a mini astrology reading with Angel. And all you have to do is leave a little review. Yeah. And you can always find out everything we got going on about our readings, our... Uh, webinars, our Astro Clubs, our breathwork sessions. You can oh, yeah. find Isn't out. Astro Club happening? Uh, Astro Club will be happening the uh, 25th, which is the day before the U.S. Thanksgiving. So if you're around and want to join us for a little fun Astro Club session, you can. You can find out all of the details on our website. Oh, and our website is thespiritualgaze.com. Pretty ease. 
And uh, you can always find us on Instagram at Spiritual Gaze, Twitter, Facebook, all the things. You can find us there. So until next time, thanks for being here. We love you. Keep on trucking. Yeah. That road of personal growth. I know. Thanks for sharing your personal growth with us. And until next time, this has been your transit through the spiritual